Hello and welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast. I am your host and the founder of Brave Parenting, Kelly Newcomb. And this is where you'll receive the encouragement, insight, and information you need to raise kids of character and our culture saturated with media and technology. We call it Brave Parenting because it takes courage and hard work to not only keep on top of technology, but then decide how you'll incorporate that into your family's life. Our ultimate goal here is to keep you educated and equipped to raise your tech-savvy kids. Welcome to today's show. Today's episode, we'll be discussing YouTube discontinuing their private message feature, as well as high school around the country going cell phone free. Our character focus will be on the virtue of being determined. Our app focus will be on VPN apps. And in our family focus, a little bit more sensitive of a topic, if you're listening with your children, will be on access to porn equals facing the consequences of the porn culture. Let's jump straight in to today's news. YouTube discontinues its private messaging feature. Well, in the mid-2017, YouTube had launched this new in-app messaging feature that allows YouTube users to privately send their friends videos and chat within this dedicated tab on the YouTube mobile app. Well, after September 18th, the ability to direct message friends on YouTube itself will be removed. While the company says that its more recent work has been focused on public conversations, with them updating comments and posts and now adding stories, it doesn't really explain why messages is no longer a priority. A few likely reasons, one being that the feature is underutilized. The second is that Google has its hands in a lot of different messaging apps. Even after they discontinued Allo, Google still allows people to communicate over Google Duo, Google Hangouts, Google Meet, Google Voice, and Android Messages. A third reason is that YouTube's children content has been a huge problem in recent years. The platform has had to disable comments on almost all videos featuring children, and it has reportedly considered removing all children's content from the site entirely due to the predatory comments that were being posted under them. This kind of ties right into the private messaging feature. Well, kids are ruined by this announcement. This is where us as parents kind of need to know what's happening in the news. Thousands of kids are commenting on the YouTube announcements saying that this was the only place that they could message their friends because they either didn't have a phone or they weren't allowed to give out their phone number. So they're on there leaving comments, begging and pleading YouTube to not take it away. It is the only place to talk with their friends. Sadly, many of the, I say kids, but it could be teenagers, it could be young adults, are downright rude and disrespectful from a parent's point of view, swearing and calling them idiots, among other things. I believe this really opens up a conversation that we can have with our kids. Now that comments on whether it be a announcement like this or an article or a social media post, comments are now the place that many are finding their voice online. How do we teach our children to be reasonable and respectful when they're advocating either for themselves or promoting a change that they want to see? This is really important and this is something that we as parents have to take conscious effort to do. The same respect and a reasonable tone of voice and reasonable language that we use with someone face-to-face should be what we are teaching our children to use when they're commenting on an online article or social media post. Otherwise, their voice really won't be heard. It's just going to be more noise that it sounds uneducated and unfounded. 
Next in news, many high schools around the country going phone-free, several in California. After a brief pilot program, Lopez High School in St. Louis Obispo County has gone entirely cell phone-free with the use of yonder pouches. Surprisingly, students at the high school aren't as opposed to the ban as you might think. They don't hate it. One girl says, quote, Usually, you get a text message or you get in an argument with someone over the phone and then it ruins your whole day. So when it's locked away like this and you can't really see anything, you're more likely to have a good day. Well, that sounds great to parents, right? At San Mateo High School in San Mateo, California, they also receive their yonder pouches when they receive their textbooks for school. Now, with 1,700 students, San Mateo High School is the largest public high school in America to go phone-free. And maybe you're thinking, yes, I would love my high school to do this, or no, this would be terrible. And it brings up the topic, there's really two sides of this argument. Whether or not the high schools and maybe even middle schools should have their smartphones during teaching time, or they should be completely banned from that educational time period. Well, one side of the argument says that these phones are constant distractions and they're a barrier to in-person communication. And they put teachers in the position of having to interrupt instruction time in order to get students back on task. There's also scientific research suggesting that smartphones fundamentally undermine a child's ability to learn or focus on one subject for an extended period of time. Cal Newport, who's a Georgetown University professor and the author of Digital Minimalism, says this, quote, Taking cell phones out of the classroom is a no-brainer. The ability to be free of distraction and concentrate on things is increasingly valuable. So it's a good general function for our schools to be a place where our students can get trained to keep their concentration on one thing at a time. The other side of the argument says that bans like this are a complete mistake. The argument goes, since phones are everywhere, schools are better off teaching kids how to utilize the technology as a learning tool. Serena Harris, who's a journalist at The Vice, says this, quote, The reality is that in university, and more importantly, the workplace, your professors and bosses don't tell you to put your phone away. They just expect you to meet your deadlines. And if you're distracted by dog videos on your phone, that's your problem. And of course, there are also safety concerns, like not having access to the phones during an emergency. Well, at these California high schools, these yonder packs can actually be unlocked with an unlocking device in each classroom. And the assistant principal of San Mateo High School says that they were able to unlock all 1,700 phones within minutes, taking that argument away. Now, in response to some of these statements, maybe you've talked to your high school students who have access to their phones in the classroom during the instructional time period, and you hear, this is really what's happening. There are children who are maybe watching Netflix or scrolling social media instead of paying attention to the lesson. I've heard from several teachers across the country myself who say, They've really just resorted to teaching those who want to be taught. And if you're just going to sit on your cell phone, well, then they can't really stop you anymore. So this is an important question to ask. Now, whether or not we as parents are ever going to be posed with a vote or a decision, whether or not our high schools that our children are going to apply this cell phone ban, maybe not. But as brave parents, it is our responsibility to send our children to school set up for success, ready and prepared to get an education. This means that they get enough sleep at night and that you've put some sort of limitation 
or boundaries on that phone. Maybe it's screen time through an iOS phone or a third-party parental control like MobiSip to lock down apps that may be distracting during their instructional time period. Because it's only common sense that if a child has access to Netflix, social media, YouTube, and they're in a boring literature lesson, chances are they are going to do just that. They're going to sit there and and watch instead of engage in the learning. So we as parents bravely set them up for success, regardless of whether or not our high schools decide to go cell phone free. Our character focus today is going to be on determined. We want our children to be determined. So what does that look like? Well, determined means that you have made a firm decision and that you are resolved not to change it. I think it's funny how sometimes we have determined young children that we label as strong-willed when they are young, but if we can change our mindset and see that they are just very determined, we might actually see that as a virtue versus a unwanted character trait. Determination is our ability to try our best and to keep on doing something even when it's so challenging to continue. One fact that we know from psychologists is that determination can be learned. But as a parent in the smartphone age, you may be thinking, yeah, my kids got a lot of determination. It's just for all the wrong things. And I think while this is pretty accurate, children today are very determined to have their way with technology. It's a real healthy practice for us as parents to look at these character traits as virtues and then find a way to develop them to be used for good. We want them to take the same determination they use to gain access to video games or social media sites that maybe they've been blocked to. We want them to apply that determination to their off-screen life, whether they are applying for a test, training for a sport, learning an instrument, or even applying to college. We want our children to be determined and not give up. So let's take a look at how we build up determined kids. I'm going to give you seven ways that experts say that you can do this, and then also some applicable ways that in this technology age, we can do this with our children. So number one, praise effort more than accomplishment. Maybe you've heard this before. Psychology professor Carol Dweck, she also is the author of Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. She discovered that children who are commended for their results or their ability tend to fall apart when things suddenly don't come easily. So for example, if we praise them, what a beautiful picture you've drawn, or ability, you are so good at the piano. When it starts to not come easily, they fall apart. However, when kids who are stroked for their efforts are much more likely to persevere because they equate achievement with hard work. So if they get a really good grade on a test, instead of saying, you're so smart, we would say, You worked so hard at studying. I'm so proud of how hard you worked at studying for that test. Now, when it comes to our children in the technology world, I think it's important for us to recognize their efforts and their hard work to abide by our phone standards. Often, kids get so tired of their life being dictated by us as parents. And while we know that's just the way that it is and it's the cycle of life and they need us to help them create boundaries, they don't like it. But they can be motivated to continue to work hard and feel like it's an achievement when we recognize their effort to abide by our standards and our boundaries. Saying, hey, I'm really proud of you for how hard you worked at keeping track of the time 
and getting off that video game after two hours. Or, hey, I noticed that your screen time decreased by a whole hour. You must have worked really hard at being conscious about being present inside your relationships and with your friends and staying off of your phone. Great job working hard at that. Number two, break down goals. Don't allow your kids to give up on a task because it seems too big or too hard. Help them break it down and show them ways to make small progress towards that large goal. It's like the saying goes, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So for example, if they are struggling with a big assignment for school, a big project, yet you're looking at them and they have their phone by their side and they're constantly distracted. Instead of harping on them and saying, why don't you get rid of your phone? Instead, help them strategize ways to break the assignment into smaller tasks and then suggest that after each completed small task, they take a break and they can check their phone. But until that one small task is done, the phone's gonna stay in the other room. That can help motivate them to take these small bites of that big task with a little bit of reward after each completion. Number three, don't underestimate your child. Naturally, kids are going to want to keep doing that which they're good at. Our job as brave parents is to get them involved in things they're not always good at or that they're going to struggle with a little bit, and it's going to take them a lot of practice in order to get better. Music lessons are great for teaching this long-term hard work and determination. Sports and school also do this. Now, you may think, my kid is only great at video gaming and maybe scrolling social media or taking selfies. Well, of course, because that's entertainment, and entertainment always comes easy. But this is the importance of balance. Entertaining activities cannot be their sole focus. So we don't want to underestimate our child and say, oh, this is all they're going to be able to do because it's all they're good at. No way. Encourage them. Get out there and try a sport. Encourage them to go volunteer, do something, spend time with their friends. Don't underestimate their ability to do more than what they're actually doing at the moment. Number four, be patient and coach your child instead of taking over. Now, this is where I say hovering parents unite. We need to stop hovering and stop doing for our children. We need to, as parents, really exert self-control. We cannot tie their shoes, do their homework, or make their dinners for them for the rest of their life. They need to get in there to try, to practice, to fail themselves. As parents, it's sometimes too easy for us, if they get in trouble or they do something wrong, to just take their phone away so that way you don't have to worry about it. It's a reflex reaction that so many of us do. And while that may be an effective short-term discipline, it doesn't always teach a greater lesson unless we give the phone back in order for them to relearn from their mistakes and try again. We have to remember that failure is a part of that process. So we need to be patient with them, knowing that their frontal lobe of their brain is not fully developed, their decision-making is not going to be like ours is. And then we coach, we coach, we coach through positive character traits through the media and technology they use. Number five, let them fail while redefining what failure is. Remember, when they fail and you still love them regardless of their failure, they're going to learn that your love is not contingent on their success. We need to teach our kids that the only failure is just not trying at all. Now, failing online can have a lot greater and longer consequences than failing in real life. As parents, we want to set them up for success, but we can't be surprised when they fail at something. 
When we don't respond to their failures or mistakes as though it's the end of the world, our children can learn from those mistakes and not just how to hide them better. But when we are all up in ourselves and just this is the end of the world and I can't believe that you've done this, they're not going to learn from it. They're just going to learn, how can I hide this better so that mom and dad don't freak out like this again? So don't be surprised. Maintain your composure when they make mistakes and use it as a teaching lesson for they cannot fail at that same thing again next time. Number six, turn determination into a game. When they're young, you can use things like puzzles, Rubik's Cube, and yo-yos are practical ways to build determination. I even read one woman online who was talking about building determination through the ripstick. If you know what a ripstick is, it's kind of like a skateboard, but it's got two wheels in the center, and it takes crazy amount of balance and practice to learn how to use. I have never mastered it, and so I can see why it, why it's used to build determination. But there's lots of toys and active ways to build this. When it comes to your kids and technology, play a strategy or an app with your child. Maybe it's a trivia app or maybe it's even words with friends. Learn how you can be determined together towards success or even them trying to beat you in a game or you trying to beat them. But use those little ways to show how you can be determined. Also, what we do in our house is we discuss average screen time at the end of every week as um, sort of a competition. We don't necessarily offer up a prize, but it is sort of a bragging right who's going to have the lowest amount of screen time on their phone between myself, my husband, and our teenagers who have phones. Not only that, we kind of look at how much the percentage has decreased from one week to the other to see, you know, are we improving or are we getting worse? And then, of course, we try and justify our behaviors. Well, I was on navigation or I really use my music for a long time because of this reason. But either way, we show determination, kind of turning it into a game. And number seven, show by example. Talk about the things that you work hard at. Maybe you are training for a marathon, losing some weight, learning a new skill or a sport, finishing a difficult task like a home remodel or fixing up a car or building a piece of furniture. As a parent in this technology age, you should always be striving to reduce your own digital distractions while increasing your presence when you are physically there with your children. Tell that to your children. Tell them how you are working towards that. Hey, I really want to be present with open ears and eyes to spend time with you. So I'm, I'm going to set my phone in downtime during these hours that we're home together. And if I do get on my phone, I give you permission to call me out because I'm really determined to be here and available for you. And they may, sound, they may say, oh, well, okay, whatever, mom and dad. But it's a practical way to show them you can be determined towards a positive media-related goal, especially if you are someone who really does spend a lot of time on your phone. But no matter what, the heart of brave parenting is being brave enough to lead by example, to be the role model that children need to see today, that we are not totally consumed by our devices, but that we are present and active inside of relationships. Overall, when it comes to building determined, smartphone-savvy kids, we need to remember that successful people are great at delaying gratification, but the smartphone demands instant gratification. 
while you might not think that your child has the determination to do things off of the phone or off of media, don't underestimate them. Lead by example, allow them to fail, coach, 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 and praise their efforts more than their accomplishments. And you can start to build this determination in your children. Our app focus today is going to be on VPN apps in general, not maybe one specific app, but them in general. Maybe you know what VPN stands for. If not, you are in for a treat because we are going to explain it all to you. So fact number one, the basics of VPN. VPN is a virtual private network and it creates a secure connection between two devices, allowing the exchange of data or information to happen privately over the internet. So instead of content going from your computer to the website, for example, if I'm going from my computer to google.com, a VPN creates a private tunnel for my information to travel from my computer, then hits the VPN server, and then to the website, may it be Google or whatever. No one can see your data or information because of the tunnel, and then the website only sees the information that came from the VPN server, not your computer. So if you're having a hard time visualizing exactly what this is, picture it this way. It's like your child is walking to school and your child represents your data or your information and the school represents the website that you're going to. Without a VPN, he walks from your house to the school and everyone can see him walking and the school can see that he is walking from your house to the school. However, with a VPN, your child is going to walk in a private tunnel, stop at a friend's house, and then continue on to school. No one is going to see him walking to or from your house, and the only location that the school is going to know he came from is the friend's house, which then represents the VPN server. So hopefully that gives you a clearer picture as to how this VPN works. Now, fact number two, why is a VPN needed? Well, the real day-to-day problem is public networks. When you connect to a free hotspot at the public library, airport, a coffee shop, grocery store, wherever, your security is at the hands of the hotspot owner. This network or hotspot owner can sift through all of your communications, hovering over what website you're going to and all of that. Other users of unsecured networks can also find ways to track your network traffic if they're clever enough. With a direct non-VPN connection to a website, your IP address, which identifies you and your computer, not only identifies who you are to that website, but it also identifies your geographic location. Ad trackers, snoops, can then use that IP address to track what you do online, where you go, what you're doing. When you're using a VPN, however, The IP address that others see is that of the VPN company and not your own. Now, parental control apps use VPNs. Devices like Circle by Disney use a virtual VPN connection in their Circle Go service, which works on cell phones, in order to route a child's device back onto the family's restricted network even when they are away from home and on Wi-Fi. Other popular parental control apps like MobiSip and Covenant Eyes Use some aspects of a smartphone's VPN technology in order to manage the activity on the phone. This is how they are able to control all of the phone's browsing activity, even through Safari. Fact number four, the good and the bad. 
Now, there's good ways to use VPNs. One is to connect to a work-related server. Another one is to guard your privacy related to your everyday use, especially banking. I know for me personally, every time I want to view a New York Times or a Washington Post article, and it's at the end of the month, and I've already used up my three or four free articles, (laughs) I wish I had a VPN so that it didn't recognize my IP address and block me from reading all the articles that I want. Now, whether that's a good or bad use, right? They want me to subscribe. They want me to give them money so I can read that content. I understand that. But man, I just want to read that article. (laughs) I know many of you (laughs) parents can agree with that. Now, the bad use. How kids are going to misuse VPNs? Well, number one, they can use it to override school's web filtering. If the school has blocked social media sites or certain web access on their school network, a VPN allows them to connect where they want to go online without the school knowing. Second way they use it is to use the internet anonymously. That VPN allows users to browse the internet anonymously, which means that teens are able to go wherever they want online without any roadblocks, without any parental controls, without any web history that you can see. So the next question you must be asking is, wait a second, how do I know if my kid is hiding a VPN on their phone? So here's a few ways. First, ask them. Have a conversation. Hey, do you know what a VPN is? I asked a few of my kids as I was preparing this, and a few of them had no clue what a VPN was. But a few of them not only knew what it was, but had used them before. So have that conversation. You can also search for a VPN on the phone itself and in the applicable app store to see if it's been downloaded. You can simply check the phone's icons and notifications to see if it's there. Or you can go into the settings on the phone and check the VPN settings. It's under general inside an Apple phone and in wireless connections on Android. Important to also note that apps like Netflix are really cracking down on VPN users. More often than not, streaming is not an option when your VPN is running. A lot of times kids are using VPNs to stream their content to get around geo restrictions that only allow certain content maybe in America versus a European country. However, they're cracking down on those VPN users. Fact number four. What are some examples of VPNs? Let's talk about that. A few of them are on the top 100 free apps on Apple's iTunes App Store. A few of them are VPN Super Unlimited Proxy, CyberGhost VPN, Norton Secure VPN, and Hotspot VPN. They pretty much all have the name VPN in them. And some of the things that they feature are unlimited time, unlimited data, unlimited bandwidth, no registration or login required. No log is saved from any users. Some are simple one-tap connection to your VPN. Protects your security and privacy, and you can use it on multiple devices for the same account. Now, the question really to think about is also, do I get a free VPN service or do I pay for a VPN service? Of course, our kids are going to download the free ones, but some free ones may come at a cost. These VPN providers are in it for the money. That's why they have a business. And it can cost a lot of money, especially if they're a really popular VPN. Some of the VPN companies use free as a marketing tool in order to entice potential customers to move to a paid version once they're happy with the free version. 
However, many will sell user data and provide something to a third party that will again compromise your privacy. The key here is that your data is valuable and someone is going to access it. So it's really a matter of who. Is it your internet service provider, such as Comcast, or is it a VPN company? Chances are someone's going to use it, and it's about choosing who is going to use it most ethically. Fact number five, the bottom line about VPNs. Students will often claim this is a need, I say in quotes, in order to have faster internet access at school or to do their school-related work They need to bypass the school Wi-Fi blocks. I've heard my own children say this. This is rarely the case. Rarely are they really in need for faster internet access that a VPN is going to provide them. Now, the App Store gives us a rating of 4+, and Google Play pretty much has an E for everyone on these VPN apps. Brave Parenting's bottom line. Well, we really encourage the use of parental controls, especially when our children are in school attempting to get an education. If they have the ability to access anything online to distract them from that boring lesson, as we talked about in Determination, they will. If they can sit and watch Netflix or if they can sit and scroll social media instead of listening to a boring literature lesson or a teacher, you know, drone on, they will. They have to learn that there is a time and a place for entertainment and education. Their entertainment can be outside of the school hours, and their education is, of course, during the school hours. And parental controls really help promote that. They don't need a VPN on their phone in order to achieve an education at school. That is simply not true. So, as a parent, don't waste your energy paying for and then applying parental controls only to have your child bypass all of them with a VPN. There is no reason your child needs to have a VPN on their phone. So your next step is to make sure that they cannot download it. Block access to download apps on iTunes or the Google Play by either changing the passwords only you know it or simply by blocking their ability to download new apps. This is really important. Otherwise, they can download the VPN app, use it however they want to, and then delete it before you see it and then continue that cycle. And our family focus today, as I mentioned before, a little bit more of a sensitive topic. However, today we're going to talk about having access to porn equals dealing with the consequences of porn culture. As we talk about today's youth being determined and gaining access to whatever they want online, using these VPNs as workarounds, we at Brave Parenting really believe the next conversation that must be had is about this growing and disturbing culture of pornography that our children are growing up in. Teenagers, by nature, are naturally sexually curious creatures. We can look at statistics that show that teens today are having less sex than teens 25 years ago did and think, wow, that's great. However, we have to acknowledge that there is this harmful, sort of underground culture that pornography is breeding amongst our youth, and it's not being discussed. And that's a real problem. The problem is growing and breeding because access is easy, because kids are determined and they can gain a VPN to access whatever they want. And two, because we're not talking about it enough. Pornography is an addictive substance, just like any other addictive substance of drugs, alcohol, nicotine. The earlier a child is exposed 
the more likely they will struggle with addiction to that substance. So pornography is no different. And now that it's available in abundance from smartphones, which teens are rarely ever apart from, pornography is an ever-present reality in their lives. Even if they aren't watching it themselves, enough people around them are. Pornography is nothing like the Playboy of 1970s. And because of its pervasiveness, because of its violence, connection to trafficking, the consequences are being felt everywhere, especially in our high schools. Fight the New Drug is a nonprofit organization created to raise awareness about the harmful effects of pornography. They do an excellent job maintaining science and fact-based research mixed with personal accounts, all for the goal of educating people to make a conscious decision, an educated decision, before they decide to consume that pornography. They recently wrote an article about the nine big issues fueled by today's porn culture that's happening in high schools. And I think it's important for us to talk about it here on the podcast so that you know, as a brave parent, why it's such a pressing topic and why the conversation in our homes needs to start today and not just sometime in the future, some ambiguous time that you haven't decided on. It needs to start today. So I'm going to go through a few of the big issues that they say so that you can really begin to understand the importance. Number one, porn is an introduction to sex. Fight the New Drug says, watching porn to learn about sex is like watching a hospital drama to learn how to be a doctor. Well, that's really humorous. It's very true. But the problem is kids are getting access to porn at younger and younger ages, ages that we are not thinking that they are. And so we're not discussing these topic of sex, what healthy sex looks like and where its place is. And so they're hearing from their peers about maybe ways that their peers have stumbled upon it and they're curious and they're finding it themselves in order to learn more. Number two, sexing is the new flirting. Eek, we've talked about this before. You know, sometimes teens feel it's just necessary and normal or really they're just really pressured to send pictures of themselves nude or partially clothed as a sort of social currency without ever considering the ramifications of what pressing send on that picture can really mean. Number three, porn encourages and promotes objectification among peers. It's super common for porn consumers to start seeing people as objects, merely there for their entertainment, rather than people, actual people. Well, the same is true for teens in high school, usually where pornography is present. Respect for girls, most specifically, can be totally absent. Girls are very often just the object or even the victim in many of these pornography videos. Number four, revenge porn. While some studies show that sending nudes can be a healthy way to explore sexuality within a committed relationship, our kids don't have the ability to really discern, well, what happens when that committed relationship ends? And what if there's bitterness or hatred between the the couple? What's going to happen with those nudes? Well, one thing that can happen is that those nudes are then maybe put onto a revenge porn site, most typically by the boy posting pictures of the girl in order to shame her. Maybe the boy just spreads those nudes to all of the friends or to the high school, however that looks, in order to get revenge. Number five, degrading sex acts have become the norm. A really disturbing article came out in Cosmo Girl 
which is a magazine aimed for teens produced by Cosmopolitan. And they wrote a story detailing everything you need to know about anal sex. They considered it the everyday girl's beginner guide. Not only how crude that was, but then we have movies such as Fifty Shades of Grey, among others, that are normalizing, dominating, and violent sex in the mainstream as well. Number six, girls are going under the knife to pursue unrealistic beauty. The rate of labiaplasty, which is a plastic surgery procedure performed to alter the appearance of the labia, increased 253%. in girls 18 and younger in the years between 2013 and 2016. Now, all of this is really disturbing. As a parent, if you've not researched and became informed of this porn culture and how it's changing the dynamics of our teenagers, especially the culture that they're growing up in in public high school, you may be overwhelmed. Well, what can you do as a parent? Definitely continue becoming informed and understanding this new culture. Fight the New Drug has a ton of articles and research that can help you be educated and equipped and with understanding and readiness to tackle this topic in your household. They have specific ways that you can type in, I want to talk to my child. This is the age of my child. This is where I want to start. And they give you talking points. They also have a series of videos titled Brain Heart World. They're excellently produced, creatively written and edited to be engaging for not only you as the parents, but also for tweens and teens. So I encourage you to maybe order some pizza, invite your kids, maybe even invite their friends if they have close trusted friends and you can talk to the parents of those friends as well and say, this is an important topic that we need to become educated on. Let the candy and the soda flow if you have to, to keep them there and present and engaged, but overcome that uncomfortable conversation and learn how pornography affects the brain, how pornography affects the heart, and how pornography affects the world. It is absolutely worth your time and investment so that your children can go into the world, the public school setting, the work environment, knowing what the porn culture is, how it can affect them, and how it's affecting the world around them. Because remember, our kids are determined and there are lots of ways to bypass all of the parental controls that we apply in order to keep our kids safe. That brings us to the end of this episode. If you missed anything in the show, you want to learn more, you can find us at braveparenting.net or shoot us an email with any questions at podcast at braveparenting.net. For an in-depth look at how you can build strong character using the technology children love, pick up a copy of Brave Parenting's book, Managing Media, Creating Character, available on Amazon. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe if you're listening on iTunes, Google, or your favorite podcast platform. Thank you so much for listening to the Brave Parenting Podcast, where we believe that character is greater than media, and every child needs a brave parent willing to set a new standard. Until next week, go and be brave.